Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Alrighty, folks, we got a lot of housing data to go through today. We have two different price reports to talk about. We also got new home sales data today, plus a lot of earnings. And of course, I think we should start off with First Republic Bank. First Republic Bank had earnings after hours yesterday. And if you actually watched the video with Taylor from Life Goal Investments yesterday, we talked about what we would expect from First Republic Bank. And as I highlighted and got right again, the deposit flight was on next level. Folks, you got to hear these numbers because they're frankly hard to believe. So in the quarter, in Q1, First Republic Bank saw roughly $100 billion leave the bank, deposit flight, leave First Republic and go somewhere else. That is roughly 40% deposit flight. Let's talk about this in two aspects and highlight why it's even worse. Yes, worse than those numbers indicate. First and foremost, you may not recall, you may not recall that First Republic Bank was given $30 billion from 11 large financial institutions right at the end of March. Yes, of course, they report that as deposits. So when you hear the bank has a $104 billion in deposits, I, and I would suggest you, subtract 30 billion from 104 and you get the actual customer deposits of $74 billion. Second, and why this is worse in my opinion, that money left the bank in the last two or three weeks of the quarter. They may have had some small or nominal capital flight earlier, but it wasn't until Silicon Valley Bank goes boom, First Republic Bank is identified as the next target with the most uninsured deposits, and then the doors open and people leave. So again, they go from roughly $172 billion at the end of Q4 to $74 billion of customer deposits. Again, I am removing the $30 billion from big banks. Couple of other thoughts that I have right now. One, as I expected, the executives took zero questions. I have been around the game a long time and when executives are not ready or dare I say willing to take analyst questions, it is not a sign of strength. It is not a sign of strength. First Republic needs to cut fast and cut deep and attract deposits. So they have talked about uh, laying off potentially 25% of headcount and that will come quickly. It wouldn't shock me if it's happening already 
maybe sometime this week. They also need to raise deposits. So expect First Republic Bank to offer some very, very exciting rates to attract customer deposits. I don't generally play in what I would call conspiracy, conspiracy theory, but this is my idea and only my idea. I have not seen this anywhere else. What I believe is FDIC has looked at First Republic, looked at their loan book, and realized that they can't take it over. The FDIC does not have enough money to fill the hole that is in First Republic's balance sheet. They have also tried to sell First Republic, and there is no buyer that will buy First Republic's loan book without significant discounts. So I think everybody around this is like, well, First Republic Bank, you are just going to limp along for four, six, eight quarters, and hopefully you can dig yourself out. Cut expenses, raise deposits, slowly get better. And oh, by the way, if we do go into a recession and the Fed lowers rates sometime next year, their loan book looks better with lower rates. So again, I don't generally put out that stuff, but when I look at First Republic and I look at what I read in their uh, earnings report, it does not look like a strong bank. They have to be negative book value if everything was marked to market. And the deposit flight was exactly what I expected. A hundred billion dollars said, no thanks, I'm gone. So again, I don't know. It's, it's pretty wild to think about. It was a disastrous, and again, when the executives do not have the balls or the cojones to take analyst calls, that is not a sign of strength. That is a sign of fear, and it doesn't give confidence. So again, who knows? But hey, if you if you have uh, you know insured deposits, maybe First Republic Bank gives some sweetheart CDs or something like that. I don't know, but it it certainly looks like a mess over there. Alrighty, folks, we got a lot of housing data today. Uh, Case Shiller Index. First, I want to ask a question, and yes, I would love audience participation. Please, audience participation. I want to ask you a question because we've talked about Case-Shiller having old data. So Case-Shiller today, which is April 25th, reported February numbers. Remember, February closings are December and January contracts. So I want to ask you today, is your market hotter than December and January? For me, in my market, December and January were some of the coldest months on record. And when I say coldest, I don't mean weather, I mean transactions. It was frozen, inventory was stacking up. So again, I want to ask you, is your market today better than December or January? You can leave yes or no below. I want to hear from you. Thank you for participating. More comments, the better. I guess the algorithm kicks off with more comments. So help me out, comments below. I, I bring this up because the Case-Shiller numbers are probably going to be shocking. Shocking. And they are extra shocking when you realize these are contracts from December and January. Keep that in mind. Alrighty, folks. Case-Shiller, February data up. Up.
2% year on year, up 0.4% month on month. Yes, folks, February data, Case-Shiller index up, not down, up in February, which I think shocked a lot of people. Expectations were for flat 0, 0.0, again, up 0.4%. This um, reverses a seven-month trend of declining. So again, Case-Shiller unexpectedly up in February. And again, I ask you, is your market hotter today than December or January? This is what the crash bros don't understand, but it is okay. They need to make a living, so they do what they do. But again, Case Shiller up surprisingly 2% month, and then year on year 2%, month on month up 0.4%. How about FHFA? Same deal. February data, December and January contracts. Again, the slowest time. Estimates were negative. 0.1%. They were up, up 0.5% month on month and up 4% year on year, folks. We talk about it every day. Do the work. Do the work. Look in your market. Get a buy box. See what's going on. You and I have been talking. This is not a surprise to you and I but I do think these numbers will surprise a lot of people. All right, now let's talk about new home sales. Remember, lots of people were flying around the country trying to scare you and tell you new home builders were going to suck. What did I tell you? I told you I didn't think so. In fact, I think new home builders are going to dominate the market because they can do things like buy down rates, do things of that nature. So let's talk about the numbers. Expectations were 634,000. That was what the experts said. I told you and have receipts. You can go back, I think it was Monday that I made this guess. It might've been Tuesday, go look it up. It's on the Daily Financial News. I wrote it down right over there. My guess was 678. I told you that I said new home builders are going to do great. They have a lot more power than people realize. They don't get it. There's no existing inventory. All of those things, you can go back and watch that video. What was the actual number? Actual new home sales? I'll write it down for you, because it's pretty cool. Actual results, 683. New home sales were up 10%. 10%, just like I told you they would be. Folks, when you look at the market every day, when you have a channel that interacts with thousands of members around the country. This is not hard. Do the work in your buy box. Understand what's going on and you too can see this. Home builders are dominating. They are not crashing like other folks talk about. Again, expectation was 634. I called 678, actual 683. I would call that, nailed it. Pretty cool. All right, let's talk about some earnings. We are in earnings week. We got a lot of the S&P and Dow reporting this week. Uh, I got lots of various data. Uh, we got Whirlpool. Whirlpool came out with beat top line, beat bottom line. Whirlpool is one to watch. Obviously, refrigerators, washer dryers, dishwashers, things of that nature. Again, beat top line, beat bottom line. Cadence Design, again, beat top line, beat bottom line, but gave a very weak guidance going forward. 
Uh, PepsiCo beat top line, beat bottom line, said cons some consumers are trading down, but it is only at the margins. UPS, UPS, United Postal Service, missed top line, missed bottom line. McDonald's beat top line, beat bottom line. Again, when I say top line, think revenue. Bottom line is earnings or profit. Think about that. General Motors beat top line, beat bottom line, and raised guidance. So again, these are all very interesting. We obviously have, I think it is Microsoft and Google reporting after hours. That will be very entertaining to watch. But yes, lots of folks, lots of stuff going on. Uh, anything else to talk about? Oh, Disney board begins second round of layoffs with a third round mentioned um, coming in the summer. Hey, Josh, thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you for the super chat. Chamath Palihapitiya says crypto is dead in America. I actually wonder if Coinbase, who seems to be the target, is going to move to Bahamas or somewhere else. I think it would be a wise move. They are not being treated well in the U.S. Coinbase should bounce. Also, I think I read that Coinbase is now suing the SEC. Bold move. I approve. Uh, they are not giving you what you need, so sue them. Why not? Force, force a confrontation. Uh, I think Brian Armstrong, uh, the CEO of Coinbase, is doing the right thing. It is time to go on the offensive. If I was in charge of Coinbase for a minute, that's exactly what I would do. I would force a decision. I would go to war with the United States government. The, not really war, but I would go to it and force a decision. So yes, suing the SEC by Coinbase, I approve. That is an aggressive move. I like it. And again, folks, I can't believe that First Republic Bank's executives took zero questions. That is such a weak move. They had weeks to prepare for this, and they took zero questions. How cowardly is that? That is crazy. And then again, folks, I am pretty excited by calling 678, and the numbers came in at 683. That is pretty amazing. Let's congratulate some folks. Kashif. Congratulations for getting your next deal. Uh, you reached out to me on Twitter. Uh, folks, you can follow me on Twitter, One Rinse Light of Time, or Instagram. Let me know you got your deal. And then, Aaron, uh, your shirt is going out in the mail today. I should have, it should have been automatically sent to you, but it wasn't. Aaron, your shirt will go out today. Uh, thank you for being so patient. And then finally, I want to talk about some May events. Obviously, if you want to come see me live, uh, I'm doing an event May 13th in Fresno, California. In Fresno, California, come see me. Uh, lots of great speakers. I'll put the link below. But more importantly, I want to talk about Sunday events. We've done a Sunday event on Buy Box. We've done a Sunday event on Le uh, Lady Legends of Real Estate Investing, led by four amazing ladies. We just completed Real Estate Investor and Real Estate Agents. I want to talk about May. You have a choice. We could, I'm thinking about doing only one event. I could do event with the three amigos or the four Avengers. I forget what we call ourselves. It would be the Lumberjack, Dion, Millennial Mike, and myself. We could do that session. If you would like to come see us again, this would be a session for 100 people interacting, asking questions. So that's event number one. Or event number two, I could bring on Dan Bird to talk about stocks and trading and reading charts, all of that. I would try to get Taylor uh, from Life Goal Investments maybe to lead that off for the first hour and then maybe Dan for two hours. He has a lot to teach us. So what would you want to see in May? 
Again, 100 folks on Zoom asking questions, no PowerPoint. The four of us, Lumberjack, Dion, Millennial Mike, and myself, or something about stocks, hopefully led, kicked off by Taylor for an hour and then two hours of Dan Bird. Leave comments below. I'll do my best to deliver what you asked for. Thanks, folks. Take care. Like, subscribe, comment. Become part of the family. Bye-bye.